guys, and welcome to another episode of Spilling Goods Podcast. I am, I'm still, I'm still Jenny Van Amelie Bradley. <laughs> and I am the queer from Fear Street Beach. I am Jack Carolyn. What's up? Well, I'm actually really pissed off myself because um, that was not the tune to uh, Jenny from the Blog whatsoever. And I just, <laughs> you know, butchered that song for the whole world to hear. So if uh, Jennifer Lopez is listening to this Listening. So I am deeply sorry. And to any uh, JLo fans out there, um, please don't come for me because, um, you know, it was a genuine mistake it was yeah um if you are a jenny from the black fan please do come from because i personally didn't notice i was too busy being nervous about my line coming next that i didn't even realize okay so you were too busy being selfish and thinking about yourself well i thought you sounded very angelic okay what am i supposed to say you sounded like a bitch no i thought you sounded lovely (laughs) whatever you were trying to do if I was your target audience, it worked. I was sold. I was there and I bought the t-shirt. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, um, very, very interesting news this week. We have, well, maybe interesting to some, definitely interesting to us, but we have had the poster and like a little photo release of the Slumber Party Massacre remake, which has been very dl don't you think? Very like, I had like no idea this was even a thing. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was just thinking to myself, is this real? Because I sort of read the article and I was kind of thinking to myself, like, is it just someone like writing an article about a film that's like kind of like that, you know, mm-hmm. a remake or is it an actual remake? Then to find out, no, they're actually going down the same route with the whole like weird like drill thing drill a killer and now I'm like so hyped because it just looks good bitch mm, it looks I'm, like I'm here for all these like bring me more of these 80s remakes because there's been enough time past now to like pump these out like I'm I'm waiting for like the burning like remake like because that would be Ooh, like pop in I'm waiting for like shit like I don't know um the Madman, like, remake that. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Madman remake where they remake the song, whether he's getting in a hot tub, he's taking off her clothes, they're wasn't getting it like down a, wasn't and like dirty. A, wasn't it like a little, like, like a ditty, like a, like, um, are you going to go? <laughs> wasn't like a thing like that, like, I'm singing mother there. Uh, there was, we had like an actual song that was for Madman. Yeah. So like, he's coming through the woods, Madman. He's going to get you, Madman. And then there was the really sultry movies, 24 movies for men version, you know, when like they're like having sex in the hot tub and it was like really sultry soft and sexy song that really like literally described what was happening on the screen (laughs) movie magic more on that please i would be interested in seeing maybe like not like the absolute ridiculous storyline of this film but if they did um was it was it called was it cheerleader camp something like was it like death what was it where it was like and there was that girl in that crocodile costume. What was it called? Was it like... Was that the one that we watched and absolutely hated? Or yeah, I hated? hated it. Yeah, we both hated it. Yeah. And like the girl's going... And the, the, the woman's going for a jog at the start and someone's like timing her. 
And then it comes out and kills her, you know. And there's like a karate fight scene at the end. There was it's all like like loads of mess. It was the, it was that main it was that main girl that was like you didn't yeah it was a messy messy film. But um, I would even be here for like that remake as long as it didn't like carry on that ridiculous storyline because I did but do feel like in the eighties there was a certain point where like the storylines were just insane and you were like how do I even follow like like Summer Party Massacre too where it was the guy with the guitar that had the axe and I was like. The, the like funky red guitar <laughs> and it had the big drill at the end. Yeah, and it was as if he wasn't even real because he'd just like appear and then disappear and then like in a puff of smoke. And it was, there was that scene where they were in, was it like a house that was being built or like a, or like a, like a construction site? And, uh-huh. and they were like, chasing was, like, <laughs> and then he'd like stab you in the face. <laughs> and then wasn't there the scene where um one of the blonde haired girls had like a zut like a spot and then it's yeah. like grows and grows and she's like ah yeah like it was that was insane but to be fair like this new surge of um sort of 80s remakes that are coming out as you said we would love to see the burning we would love to see some other shit that we've watched oh intruders you know the one Ooh, where they're uh, in the mall oh, at the mall the, uh, the supermarket oh bitch that would be insane i love bring that it one. bring it bring even it. that weird what was it called stage fright where it was like set in the musical like because we really enjoyed that that was so cool like let me make something clear stage fright or aquarius is my favorite 80s slasher there i said it i thought that was so good that was like off and poppy like that was people, like, doing like a part of a ride and they get like slashed in the face <laughs> i love that that was so just fucked up in all the best ways. And that little, like, oil mask, which you know for a fact, he couldn't see a damn thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was, like, yeah. doing all sorts, like, Mission Impossible and shit. Even, like, Chopping Mall. Because if you think about, like, how they redid um, Chucky, and it was, like, like uh, electronics that went gone mad, like, even Chopping Mall, like, that would be, that would be fun. Someone like, make all like, this down. Some if weird like, AI, like AI robot that like helps people out, out yeah. in malls, like helps with their bags, starts like going rogue and like killing people. Not with yeah. like laser beams, because that was like a tad silly. Because it was, it was a tad naff, wasn't and it? And they thought like, oh well, in the in you know in twenty years time, we'll have robots that like shoot lasers. Like, that's not a thing. You know what? Though these are all, <laughs> you've got me right in the midnight to watch like an eighties slasher. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen all the sort of like famous or iconic infamous 80s yes. slashers. Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, blah, blah, blah. Even Leprechaun have all been remade. But now it's the time for all the underdogs yeah. to rise to the surface. Like student age. bodies. What was that one where it was set in the... Was it student bodies where it was set on the campus? Yes, um, but student bodies was a comedy as well. Remember? No, so yeah, no, I'm not thinking. Of, yeah, I'm not thinking of that. What was the one where it was set in the college campus, and it started off with that weird sort of like fake school shooting? What's that called? Oh, shit! It's gonna really bug me. That was that was the one that we just spoke about. Was that not cheerleading? That wasn't cheerleading camp because cheerleading camp was literally at a cheerleading camp, but there was yeah. one. No, it was set yeah. in, no, because they, they had that like exam at the start of it. And then um, it was, yeah, it was a weird like campus thing. There was just a random guy in a, like a brown van was like killing people. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a good cheer scene. There was yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and do you remember that one where there was that killer? It was the it was um it was the girl who ran who sprinted and she got killed. And then yeah, that's, came that's back. The one I was there talking was, about. There are two separate ones. There was that one, and there was the other one where yeah, she like she came back and it was her sister was going around killing people. And um, that guy got like it was the there was the football and the like the fencing sword went through the football uh-huh. and through his throat. I was like, this is. Yes, yes. See, this is this is the problem, okay? While we're over here appreciating all the great underrated slashers, we also have amalgamated about 10 of them (laughs) together. Um, so you know, they're not all great, but let's be honest, like the sort of like there was there's definitely a massive back catalogue of 80s slashes that do really sort of like mold and mesh into one because it's kind of relatively the same story, tweaking a few bits here, characters yeah. change, but they're all like called Biff Skip, you know, <laughs> Debbie, Brenda. Uh, yeah, Tiffany. Oh my God, Tiffany. Yeah, and she's Linda. the one. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what was maybe good because Slumber Party Massacre is memorable, even if the second one is memorable for like a whole different reason. I'm really happy to know that there is a remake. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not too sure what the quality is going to be like um, because we have received, you know, the first promo image where we get a look at our girls, but then the second, which was the poster, which is Campus Tets, but it does look a little zone horror plus. Yeah, a little bit. But that also could just be, you know, another tease that might you know sometimes yeah. they have like seven different movie posters mm-hmm. for a film and they just stick with one for like the mass rollout so yeah potentially this could be you know a, an old school straight to dvd but now i guess it's just you know straight to straight to video which are straight, straight to like shutter. demand or whatever does that straight to shutter <laughs> which is not what you want to hear because you're not a fan mm-hmm. of that shit but i think like i am looking forward to it because I can't get enough slashers. Um, and with the tagline, like, you know the drill. I'm like, <laughs> no, you know the drill. <laughs> and I know the drill. You, you know the drill. <laughs> you know the drill. That me. You know the drill. And you know the drill. You know the drill. <laughs> you all know the drill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, the person that directed it, she directed um, the Banana Splits movie. Have you ever seen that before? No. So I have, and I thought it was garbage. Now, that's the only sort of worry that I would have. But, I mean, the source material of Slumber Party Massacre is like, you can't really get it wrong. So I'm just hoping it's just that film, but updated today. Yummy. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to talk about it on this podcast? Yes, we Yes, are. we are. I may love it, I may hate it, but who cares, because I'm going to watch it anyway. Exactly. The more the merrier. And speaking of slashers, some lovely throwback slashers, Netflix has dropped. Netflix? I dropped Netflix. I changed the next day, CKB. (laughs) Netflix has released part one of the trilogy of Fear Street, and... If you're listening to this now, part two has already been out, so bear with us. Um, yeah. We like to take our time and savor things, bitch. But Fear Street Part 1, 1996, came out, and we are here this week to get down and dirty and talk about it, bitch. 
but I just want to touch on one little thing before we like really okay. dive deep is I don't know how many of our listeners know this or not but um I'm here to set the record straight and say that we have officially made it in the like the eyes of you know being a celebrity <gasps> because, uh, yeah. you know, a no big deal but like after last week's episode I did a post and um the absolute angel the light of my life Alexandra Ship was the first and I'm not saying one of was the first person to like that post and I think yeah. <laughs> I know I not think I know that I you know basically shit my pants <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, jumped for joy and, you know, immediately texted you and was like, I'm dead. Just lower me down the ground now because how did I continue? <laughs> and then like, I thinking, now, I'm sorry, that was a big deal. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, do like, who do we, who, who do we inform that we've like made it? And Everyone. when do I get, when do we get our cheese board from Instagram saying you made it? Here's a blue tick and a cheese board. Huh? <laughs> when do I get my like flat tummy tea Instagram deal? When do I get my you know um, boohoo mm. deal? Like when do I get my ASOS you know <laughs> thirty pound gift voucher? Where when do when does like, like bloody disgusting put us on their list of podcasts? Like hello, hello. I mean, we thought Chloe from Harper's Island love reacting. And giving us love hearts to us absolutely geeking out over her death scene in Harper's Island. We thought that was the bar. No bitch. Alexandra Ship, aka Storm, aka one half of Tragedy Girls, was not only like the post, but she was the very first bitch and the only bitch. Not the she only bitch. That bitch. The number she was, one bitch. She is that bitch and the only bitch. And you cannot tell us twice, three times, four times ever. And you know, the fact that she hopefully then went onto our page. I mean... She could have listened to our voices. She could be yeah. listening to us right now. I mean, I hope like, so. She could be at my front door. I just don't know it Hi. yet. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Alexandra. Hey. hey girl. <laughs> Imagine. Hey girl. And here she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's been under my desk the whole time. <laughs> I am Alexandra Ship. <laughs> but we just want to let you guys know, you know, as we do kind of um, get incredibly famous, um, we'll never forget all of you who've been with us on this journey. But if we stop talking mm-hmm. to each and every one of you, then so be it, because we're too famous, too, you know, booked and blessed to even bother with the likes of you. Yeah. So thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. The closer the hair, you know, the closer to God and our heads are fucking massive right now so you know <laughs> i don't see none of y'all down there and peasant phil you know bitch. Uh, the funny thing is there's like people out there who who like genuinely act that way <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna name drops of anyone that is doing such things but all we know is it's not us <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fun, fun, fun. Well, hopefully when we drop this episode that we're going to drop on the trilogy of Fear Street, starting with part one, Beat, hopefully someone else um, from that might like to pick this up as well. 
Um, maybe Maya Hawk. Hello, Uma's daughter. Um, Miss Kelbo Volume Three potential. If you want to hit us up, you can absolutely come feature in one of our episodes. We'll take you. Sure. Get into a page. But yeah, this episode, Fear Street, nineteen ninety six, part one, the first chapter of our three chapters. <laughs> you think about to go down? I couldn't do the math in my head there now. What the fuck? I feel like um, that, that took you a long time to get to like Jesus, the first love, chapter. You should have seen what was going through my head. It was like the meme of that woman that's in prison and she's like looking around and it's all the math equations. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I thought it was like the, the meme of like Wendy Williams where she sat there and like a wig looks like it's spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. We're going to get dirty dive in deep so mustang take it away and let everyone know what fear street is about yeah so fear street is a netflix trilogy from the creepy mind of rl stein uh, it's essentially goosebumps for adults which is what i love because when i was a kid i was obsessed and i mean obsessed with goosebumps because it was the first sort of like entry into like the creepy horror world that and are you afraid of the dark it was sort of like the stuff you could get away yeah. watching on tv that did actually used to scare me you know what i mean like there was this certain episode that actually did really scare me and i'm like oh, yeah really scary and did you and did you love the the goose the goosebumps books quite like i did so the front cover would always be like that like bubbly yeah, but the yeah, only yeah. one I the only one I vividly remember is the there was a werewolf one, mm-hmm. and that's the only one I vividly remember because it I just the the front cover just looked I'm, I want to say it had like did it have I feel like there was like a special edition where it had like fur on it but I, I could be lying I could be making that up but you um but that's okay I probably am yeah so uh, Fear Street nineteen ninety four is where we start off and. <laughs> I completely out of mind. Oh, it's contagious what you gave me what you had. I've not I gave you it. a bad, bad cold of the a dumb. Bad bitch. juju. Bad um, juju. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. You were just looking at me. I was just looking at you. You were just like that, that, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> so we no, so yeah, we're in a uh, town. What is it called again? Solidale. Shady, what is it called? Shady, shitty, shittyville. <laughs> it's called Shady uh, Side. Shady Side. That's it. There we go. I'm getting all He's, my Buffy and uh, everything references. Yeah, Sunnydale. Sunnydale is very, very close. But um, I mean, just I want to let everyone know we did actually watch this film. Like, we, <laughs> <laughs> we're just too tough. Yeah, so we're in the town of Shadyside, which is like got this sort of like weird curse where every every you know you know I'd say roughly about ten years some horrific murder happens, and we kind of figure out relatively early on that it all stems from this uh, witch in the witch trials that's sort of like cursed the land. So every kind of decade, someone gets possessed by her and starts like chopping up people, stabbing people, slitting throats, and then we get to nineteen ninety four, honey. And um, we follow this group of friends as they try and survive the night from all these like ghostly attacks. Um, and that is essentially where we're at. And then you learn like this. You got there, bitch. I got there in the end. You know, I feel like today I'm on the struggle bus and <laughs> I'm hitting every bump in the road. Yeah. Like bump, 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 bump. And you're bump. holding 
a, a tall cup of hot beverage and it comes right to the top. So at, at, at every bump, you get tea all over your beach. No, yeah. yeah, but um, as you said, it was like even there now, we were trying to discuss what the place was actually called, which we found out it's called Shadyville. Shady, no, so the shady side and this Sunnyvale, and they're sort of like there's like two parallel towns, it's sort of like neighboring towns, and you've got um, Shady Side, which is all the bad juju happens to them, and Sunnyvale is like the rich society that looks down upon uh, mm. Shady Side, and I just love the fact that like that it's called Shady Side and Sunnyvale. I do. It's, it really works for me, and it does. And, it's and so big, yeah, of course it is. And then coming into this, I was so hyped for this film. You have no idea. Like I was. It was the highlight of my week. I was like so jazzed to sit down and watch this. And, you know, I have to say, I was not disappointed in the slide. Although I I only have one huge, huge major beef. And we'll get to it when we get Mm -hmm. to it. We'll get to it. And I think think a good way, it's probably going to be something like in one shot, Sam's hair is behind your ear, and then the other, <laughs> it's not behind your ear. Something so stupid. But I think a no, good it's not bit- actually, it's not, it's not something so trivial. It's actually <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest things of the film. Okay, um, we will we will get down to it, but first I think it is so important as us as people and us as the avid fans that we are, that mm. we must discuss and dissect that very scream-esque very throwback the house down bits of an opening when i tell you when i watched that opening oh my it made my actual pussy tingle my titties were twitching (laughs) i like oh the bed was soaking bitch i was so (laughs) horny for that opening it was so good so reminiscent of like scream and even like after that, and they had like the title sequence gave me like major scream vibes, like the music they yes. And I, I, I think it. the I think the good thing and the main thing is that it paid such homage to scream in every single way possible, yet subverting our expectations and scream's expectations by twisting very minute things that we just expect from the template that Scream gave us. And twisted it so just the phone rings, picks it up. Hello, it's actually someone on the other end. Yeah, but you're. Were you like me? My initial thought was like, oh, I thought that was going to be a killer. You yeah, know, hundred percent. Yeah, but I also I loved like like the setting, like it was where it was set was like the store she was in was like so dope, and then the the use the use more of it as sort of in the beginning but the use of like uv throughout the whole film is just orgasmic like kryptonite for me like anytime i see uv in a film it just like it just sends me the, edge. the whole film is like our setup right now it was just like bright neon colors neon soaked like shopping mall which is Ugh. a perfect for a whole hard get up and b so in tune with the 90s when the 90s was like crazy for all that like rave glow up all that sort of neon lighting everything oh and the fact that it's set in the 90s as well is just oh i just yeah 
I, I, I can't, I, there's like no words that I have, like anything that's set in the 90s, like I'm here for, gonna be here for it. Especially like there's a love and a passion for things that were filmed in the 90s, done in the 90s because it's yeah. pure authentic. Sure. But there's another level of love now when there's stuff in the 90s because every reference is like rammed down your throat just the way I like it. Like, <laughs> deeper, I, deeper, deeper. I even love like the use of the music in this film where it wasn't like stereotypical, I'm going to throw in all these 90s like bops. It was just music sprinkled in throughout that was just key to the 90s. Whether it was from the 90s or not, was just quintessentially 90s. See, I actually think, I disagree with what you said, but not in a bad way. I think they did just throw in, it was like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't even know off the top of my head, but they, they just threw in these 90s songs, like really iconic 90s songs, but every single one of them were A, an absolute bop, B, like somehow suit and match the tone of what they were going for because it is, there's something very fresh and fun and vibrant about the whole experience. So they threw on these absolute 90 belters, like pure 90s tunes and that to me would be like quintessential 90s but like under no circumstance did they not work each yeah. one of them were like eh. I, mean, I think the only one that was a bit on the nose was when they played um radiohead creep i was like mm. yeah yeah it was like obvious choice but, uh, but the, yeah it's like it's not you know they wouldn't be if you typed up the ultimate 90s playlist top 10 mm. on spotify they wouldn't be in there but if you found like this massive 90s playlist all those tunes i mean after and even during i was watching it i typed up on spotify fear street soundtrack because i want the yeah. soundtrack that's that's happening baby i need it now and i also feel like it was such a really great time capsule of like the 90s and i also felt like it wasn't in the sense of like it didn't sort of like ram the fact it was in the 90s down your throat. Does that make sense? It wasn't mm-hmm. like, here's some stereotypical 90s reference. Or here's some stereotypical 90s like uh, costume. Do you know, it was, you, you yeah. kind of, when you were watching it, it could have been, you know, apart from the points where you saw like where Kate had a, a pager, you could have really put it in today. It, it could have been now because now we the way fashion has went on well as of right now fashion is very early noughties yeah. but there was a huge chunk of time where it was very 90s inspired so as you said if you weren't really paying attention and if it didn't have a big massive 1994 literally slappy on the screen I think a lot of the film could pass off for being any time because the the look the feel the music the way people are dressed and the sort of timely messages and you know like with like actual queer storylines and it not being not really being that much of a like an issue you know apart from your obvious my mom hates it um and it really sort of made a very contemporary version of what 1994 was or is and I was here for yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it also did a really good job of not sort of, uh, it just felt like these two characters of Dina and Sam happened to be in a relationship or kind of in a relationship. It didn't feel like this is a film about two lesbian girls two or yeah. two queer girls. It didn't feel that way. Do you know what I mean? It felt very much like, oh, these two characters happen to be in a sort of like love story thing, you know? And I yeah. really enjoyed that. I wanted to get your opinion on the character of 
Dina. Okay. I have a lot to say about Dina. I think it's just, she perhaps for me is one of the weakest parts of Fear Street. And in hindsight, and have obviously already seen Fear Street Part 2, whatever involvement she has in that. Again, I just think it's obvious that this character is going to carry out through the trilogy. This is the character that we have. And I do not find her likeable. I do not find her charismatic. I actually find her quite annoying and very like, ooh, like tough as nails, like Al Pacino could never. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for me, she started off strong and then she just like nosedived. And then by the end, I was like, someone got this bitch like a fish because (laughs) she is doing the most and she like too much almost way too much and yeah she I think and I don't think it was like the actor because actually you know I thought I thought she looked super cool and I was kind of I was really into her at the start so I don't think it was her it wasn't sort of like anything that she was doing I just think it was that character of Dina was just like a bit of a you know what I mean? Like, just uh, she's a bit of a, uh, a um, um, I actually think it was a bit of the actress because you could see, like, the way she looked amazing. Down did he loved it. Yeah. She was fierce. She had it down. And I remember it was about 15 minutes in, and that's when I made the note being like, is she going to stop being annoying? Because I know I'm supposed to follow this girl, and she just thinks she's so cool. And she's like, yeah the toughest girl in the world and I'm like summer the fuck down um because you have these moments with like her and her brother where I quite like her but then when she like you know if Mama Rue was watching this there needs to be character there needs to be development you can't be yeah. 100% angry the whole time because it just gets exhausted you know she was very like one note very that yeah and I just I think it's a shame because She's the carrying force throughout. So I'm hoping that she gets better because the last impression I have of her and when we discuss of the deaths, I'm like, why are the ones who I love getting murdered? Why aren't the ones that I don't like surviving this night, bitch? See, that was my, this is my the biggest criticism I have of this film but I knew yep. it was coming I just knew it was coming and I, I know you're going to talk about I'm going to go there because I can't not it's coming over there I can't stop you it take, take me to church and I wrote several times in these notes it got I was like after every sort of like four notes I was like they better not kill Kate uh-huh. if they, and then like four four notes later if they kill Kate I'll be so pissed Kate better live and then when she dies. And she dies, um, all right. Oh, and she gets it. When she has her, like, she, like, she's got a face full of cake. She's got, I thought she's gonna get suffocated by that cake. And then when she kind of got pulled out of it in the shop, in, in the shop, and then she just gets a head, like, put through, I don't know, what is it, like a, like a it's meat? A, it's a bread cotton machine. A bread cotton machine. Bread. I was, I didn't think it was gonna happen at first. And then when it happened, I was like, okay, so you're gonna kill the best character in this whole film and leave this bitch Dina, like, still, like, just just chilling. Why yeah, would yeah. you do that? Because Kate, from top to bottom, 
She was like dynamic. She had levels. You thought she was going to be this one thing. And then she turned out to be like something else. Yeah. And I just thought she was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I loved her. I loved her. I absolutely loved her. But this is how I think what they've done is genius because, and this is, I think, what really puts Fear Street stands out from the crowd because it actually genuinely gave us a handful of characters in a slasher that we care about to the point where I had almost forgotten. Yes, it probably went down a little bit goosebumpsy, goosebumpsy a bit down the middle to the point where I thought it was a bad thing. I actually forgot that it was going to be a violent slasher. Her murder, her murder took me completely out of, back into it because it was so goosebumpsy and very like PG towards the middle, or at least like PG thirteen. And I actually believed, like as if I was watching it or at chapter two or the Goonies, I believed they were all going to make yeah, it me because too. that's that's what they make you believe. And then when she dies, I was like, I thought she was going to love. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. There was there's definitely a moment in the middle where you kind of think, okay, I mean. I'm ready for some more action because it is going more down this whole like spooky route. And then it just hits you with like a really brutal death. And you're like, now I'm back because there were so many brutal attacks and brutal like moments. And I was just like, this is really smart because they can't, obviously they're not going to go full throttle all the time. And it is R.L. Stein. And these are, it's a book series, right? I want to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's sort of like levels to it and there's you know there's 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 a big story that kind of runs throughout the whole three as a trilogy and then they have to kind of go to it. I, I get that but yeah when I got brought right back into it with like these really brutal death scenes yeah and then when Kate got it I was so pissed because I was I was in the back of my mind in the back of my mind I was like I think she's gonna get it and then but for the most part, I was just thinking, no, she's she's gonna she's gonna make it right to the end, and like I was like, she's getting to the end, and I think for me, when I sort of like it nearly clicked was the moment where they're in the shop, and she sort of like saves Sam and Dina with that like flamethrower. I was like, she's just used her best like weapon on these on two them skanks. Yeah, he deserved the two that deserve today the least. Uh, they they deserve to live the least out of the entire cast. Yeah, but like. Out of out of everyone, out of anyone in any film ever, Sam <laughs> and Dina deserve to die the most. I mean, we you the film starts and you believe that um Kate and Josh are not Josh, is it Josh? Simon. Yeah. Kate and who? The blonde kid, Simon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you believe the start, you're like, you're getting it, drug abusers, horny, sure. blah de blah de blah. Then this other layer comes and this other layer and you just spend so much time with them when you warm to them and like they just become big beautiful onions of different layers of you know to them, big lovely kicks. They sort and of like come they, alive, like they start yeah. off on one in one tone. You think, okay, these may be sort of like fun side characters that have like a, a purpose. And then you kind of like, oh no, they're sort of like in the main gang and they're making it and they and they're like they have their own like really fun scenes and they have their own sort of like storylines and stuff. And yeah. then then they and then just... and then you think that they're gonna make it because you have this like 
cross cut between like she's drowning on Sam and you're like Sam bitch hurry up and drown like, she could not she could not have been drowned but quick enough like, any, hurry <laughs> it up just dive in and then but, you're getting like the rest of them getting caked up and you get this you know cross cut are they gonna make it and then next thing you know gone 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 you're like oh Sam you bitch could you not have choked in that water just a little bit quicker. I mean, she had right? like what twenty odd pills, like down her throat, and she's like, and that water's not doing anything. Like, just kill the bitch. Just Die already, please. Rise her up if you have to, because yeah, yeah, kill her. And then yeah. what I did also kind of feel like when they sort of put those X marks of blood of sound blood, I was like, you're playing with fire, and if you split up, you're like, you're playing with more fire because that is rule number whatever it is like what three five i don't know what yeah what that's a, yeah that's even close to one that one rule number fucking one don't split up and, and they, that's they break all the rules but i'm also really glad that josh didn't get it because he was such a sweet pie and i loved him so much and i kind of thought you know uh, you're jumping around but i don't care because like i don't where we're listen we're enjoying ourselves we're having a goddamn hit who cares it was like right at the end where he's like on his computer and he's talking to a little pen pal on it like i am messenger and i thought that dina would finally get it upstairs from sam and then sam would come downstairs and like just like knife him in the face or like slit his throat and then when you saw like dina's hand i was like so this bitch survives again. Like, <laughs> I love to see him. Um, I was yeah, really kind she's of, gonna survive again. Like, I oh, was get out of town. I, I was kind of prepared for an ending where Sam was possessed, murdered Dina, and then killed Josh because I was like, you know, I'm okay with these fuckers getting murdered now. Maybe not Josh, but I'll, you know, if I'll sacrifice it. It'll be the sacrificial lamb, yeah. if you will, you know, because I'm happy if all these losers get murdered. And then it's like, oh no, wait, they're going to carry the story on the whole way through. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, But I did, but, you know, I, when I was writing throughout my notes, like, Kate better not get it. I did sort of do some IMDb stalking. And she is credited in part two and three. So I've not seen part two yet, so I'm just wondering if maybe there's like maybe some flashbacks or like some ghosts. So what I can confirm is in the third one, so in 1666, something happens that, and this is just in the trailer that's sort of put out there, something happens that all the characters from the first two are characters in the third one. Yeah. Oh, so, like different characters, you mean? So, so it's like Dina comes through as Sarah Fear and yeah. she becomes Sarah Fear and then all the other characters or everyone else that you've seen in the two, two chapters before which is a good way to sort of bring everyone back um, and to sort of tie it up and like it's its, its own little unique world of mm-hmm. you know goodies um, but yeah if you watch Kate die in the first one I doubt that Kate herself will be back for another which is sad because this is officially a Kate Stan account. And that's on really is. And I'm really surprised that this is her first work. I looked at her IMDb. She did like a, like a short, like mini film before this. And then She's the rest good. of this. And she was just chef's kiss. She was hands down the best thing. Okay, so I think the opening and Kate are the two best things about mm. this whole film. But for two very different reasons, because yeah. I've discussed before, what makes the opening so amazing, and it, it completely flips the idea of what a text screams template, 
you know, the famous, the most famous actor dying at the start, even something as normal as in Scream when um, she gets murdered, Drew Barrymore's murdered, she pulls off the mask and we don't see. And this one, we see the killer's yeah. face. We have the phone call, but it doesn't go as expected. We have the, mur- the death scene, it doesn't go as expected. All of it, plus those like little jump, you know, jump scares when she's in the costume shop and the oh, skeleton oh, face. Yeah. That was a brilliant jump scare because it got me, bitch. And I even loved it, you know, when like the, she was talking to a boyfriend and then he was walking away and then he, like, he answered her, like, and you, that was sort of like an indication of what's to come. And then when you kind of like go throughout the whole thing and you think back to like to the beginning, you're like, oh, that's the moment the boyfriend heard. Um, Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear. And that's the moment where he was like possessed. Yeah. And then obviously. You see the fly, don't you? And at first you don't really think anything of the fly, um, but then you see it's relevant. Uh, Speaking of the sort of killers, because we have more than one here. We do. How did, what was your idea? What's your thoughts? Did you like them? Did you love them? I liked them. I didn't really care for the girl, the 60s girl. Yeah, I don't like her. If you're not wearing Um, a mask, I'm not interested. Yeah, I didn't really care for her, but I liked, I loved the other two. And I love the fact that uh, when you saw like the trailer for the next one, you see that like some of the other past ones you, you heard about in the in the in this one um come to play in like the summer camp. So we get to see some of the other past uh, killers. Uh, I thought that was really fun. I like to see, I would love, I don't I, well, I don't know yet because I've not seen the second one or the third one, obviously, but I would like, you know, a bit of a, a a good chunk of like the housewives, where like, you know, like this, the, is it the milkman that's going around killing all the housewives, or some all the postmen, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would like a good chunk of one of those films to be about that, but I don't think we're going to get that because I do we, think the one's uh, going to be about the the witch yeah. house. However, because we get a good we get a good flashback scene, don't we, where we see all these different masked people yeah. murdered, and I was like, that was literally like. There's not enough wet floor signs in this world to <laughs> or towels to mop up what I have just soaked. Sop it up. Every baby. I sopped everything up like a biscuit because that was just a montage of creepy masked wearing animals just murdering people, and I was like, more, more. <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> You know, though, so even though we, we got like two very good sort of slasher killers, I, I quite enjoy the the skeleton. I think they call them Skeletor, which is like, um, you know, the mask and the big robe. That's, an eight, that's a character from He-Man, Skeletor. Yeah, but that's that's what they called. That's what Josh calls yeah. the mask figure. And that itself is like a reference. Um, and I, I enjoy that. The, act, the axe man with like the the talent which had a sundown mask he was just so like on it he was like running around brutal like he smashed that door in in the school within in like 10 seconds flat he was on it he was not yeah, yeah, missing yeah. a beat um it's, i think it's just a good dynamic because it's like obviously this one is very scream vibes scream the house down boots and then the next one where we get that killer with like that like burlap sack facing the axe yeah it's very like jason Voorhees, friday the 13th sleep away camp yeah very that and as you said like town dreaded the town of dread sundown so this ultimately is 
a slasher fanatics wet dream oh, of like God. a project like i can't i can't stop thinking about it i i actually yearn for it you know i think this came at a time where i didn't know that i needed this and now i just think this could not have come at a more of a perfect time and what did we do without these films and what did we do to deserve this film i don't know what i did but you know i'll do more of it if you do more <laughs> like it's like come on it's, it's you got more- on your knees and you prayed to jesus I mean, I won't be doing that on my knees, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes on my knees to get more, more of these. <laughs> oh, funny. But yeah, I need to find out, like, ASAP after this episode. I should have found out before, but, like, does he have more of a back catalogue of, like, books he can make into, like, these brutal horror films? If he does, sign me up, because... I, I could definitely see, because this has been such a success for Netflix already... I could absolutely see there being more Fear Streets because there's like hundreds of books apparently. And I, oh, yeah, okay. I watched a video okay. on YouTube where they dissect where they think the books have come from. The books have not, the, the movies have not directly come from specific books. It's like little snippets oh, from right. okay. different books and ideas. Um, so there's like the one, The Girl Next Door, um there's one and the they believe that like the sort of queer relationship um between sam and dana is inspired by the cover of one book where it's like two two girls like a black girl and a white girl um on the front cover holding a phone like in bed together but it's right, so the okay. covers obviously two friends having a sleepover but and people they think they've sort of taken even just that cover and made something out of it so there's hundreds of books of content that i think I think this has been such a success. Maybe bring some more. Well, you can just get these books and just like force feed it down. Just shove it down. Like, <laughs> force. She's got a good gag reflex. Shove it down my face. Yeah, like, she's got I a good think... gag reflex. She can take it. I she can take it. One, one book after the other. Just more books. <laughs> I don't have a gag reflex. But yeah, I think like this is all coming in the right time um, of the slasher surge. I mean, what a beautiful time to be alive. I oh. think Halloween 2018 has really done something for the horror community. We <laughs> are, seriously, I, no, I feel like sort of like ever since Get Out came out, we have been living in this era of resurgence of horror and how like the level of horror and the creativity and people finally when I say people I mean like big studios and whatnot and streaming sites finally giving horror the due it's always deserved because this genre has been pumping out like classic after classic after classic and I don't think it's gotten the respect it deserves because there's so many films that people know of or they'll know bits from or storylines from. It's just sort of like embedded in their brains. Like, I mean, there's the obvious one, sort of like Jaws and The Exorcist, that everyone, even if you haven't seen it, you know what it's about. And even it's, like... It's the modern horror classics that I think are really paving the way, as you said. You, you know, your hereditaries, your get-outs, your Babadooks, all that really brought people onto horror being like you know, you can make something that people want to see here. So big studios are jumping on it. They know people want horror. And I don't know about you, but maybe it's because 2020 created like a backlog. But I yeah. think there this will work in our benefit. I'm going to be obese by the <laughs> amount of flasher that I am about to consume. 
Fear Street, three of them. Candyman, Texas Chainsaw, Scream, Halloween, um, Slumber Party Massacre, all in the space of from now until January. I mean, yeah, don't because that is nearly going to pop. That that li- that whole list just nearly sent me to like full. <laughs> your eyeballs were rolling to the back of your head. I seen it. I feel like when sort of things like Get Out and 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 the few after that came out, everyone was sort of like, "Oh, what is this? Okay, so oh, we're doing this now." But I feel like the sort of ushering of like your Halloweens and the Screams, Candyman, and then this sort of stuff now, Fear Street, is sort of like making everyone really think, oh, so this is the thing now. We're going to really get into this and we want more. Give it to me, please. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, every, everyone loves a good throwback story. Where, every know, man and his horse is into these slashers. And yeah, I'm, yeah. And it, I'm like, that's very you're late, back, you're late to the party. And I don't know if I'm ready to let you all in because I've been here this whole time, been waiting for all of you to come. And now you want to give me the time of day. It's like, is it like too little, too late? No, it's not. But I feel <laughs> so pressed that everyone's now like, oh, I like horror films now. Well, do you now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People are like, oh my God, I love horror movies. Uh, and they're like, oh, I love horror movies. Have you seen The House Insidious. at the End of the Street with Jennifer Lawrence? Ins- I love yes. Insidious. Oh, my God. Insidious is my favorite scheme. And, you know, if anyone listening, if you do love Insidious, perhaps to your mama. But <laughs> 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 well, you get these people. Oh, my God, I love horror movies. Oh, great. Have you seen uh, Scream? No. Then shut your ass up, bitch. Shut yeah. your ass up. Have you seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street? No, then shut your ass up. You do not get to say stuff. But I think now it's like, because there was a generation who were there for the 80s and then it became the remakes that no one wanted. And now we're of an age where all the ones who haven't seen the 80s are going to be reintroduced into the 90s with all these 80s and 90s throwback slashers. Oh, possession. Oh, mama, I can't. Thank you. But I also do feel like, you know, if you're going to get into horror films and, you know, and love the likes of Get Out or things like Freaky, Happy Death Day, then you need to give the genre the respect it deserves and take your ass back and watch the likes of Scream, the original Halloween. Like, don't come to play saying that you're a fan of horror films when you've only watched, like, three of like the big ones and if i if yeah, i say, and you love you, the conjuring if i if i say have you seen scream and you go oh, oh you mean scary movie then i'm gonna drop kick you in the face there is and nothing more offensive oh scream's not scary every time i watch it i just think of scary movie well good for you you uneducated swine <laughs> good for you we want to <laughs> we want me to pat you on the back for your good job and your good work, no bitch. Would you like a gold star? Do you want a medal? <laughs> Rude. Oh, and that's that's very right. And that's all. I'm all worked up and bothered. We're so I'm, passionate. I'm so you know, we're so let passionate. Me, let me just circle back around to the fact that I still cannot get over the fact that Kate died. Oh, I don't think you ever will get over the fact that Kate died, to be honest. I mean, I'm going to make a t-shirt saying justice for Kate, because yeah. who else is going to do it? Because I don't feel like anyone is. Yeah, and you know, it's like, and one, it's it's very, it's a very difficult one, because on one hand, I'm like, how dare you, how dare you <laughs> kill someone so amazing? But then I'm like, good for you, because you really yes. hurt my feelings with that one, and 
one thing people always say about slashers is about its disposable characters and how that has always been something that the slasher genre has never shaken off. And that's mainly why people don't might not like them as much because it's yeah. quite disposable viewing. While here we have a slasher that really made you bloody care, damn it. It feels very much like, you know, the Kirby of it all. Like you... Oh, the Kirby of it all. You, you know, gave us this character that was like badass, the bomb.com, was probably the best thing about the movie. And then you went and did the one thing I was like screaming at the TV not to do. Yes, I am pressed like a panini, but it was a smart move. And you made me care so deeply and love this character that when they died, I, I genuinely cared. And was yeah. had a reaction, and you know, yeah, good for you okay, because like, we're really, uh, really badly, badly, badly. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to bring up with you um, something that I noticed very early on, and I had to go do some research after it. But the the composer is Marco Beltrame. If I met a bitch up his second name, but he is the guy that does composes all the music for Scream. So that makes when, total sense because the, when the, so Scream when the opening with the opening title sequence, it sounded just like the um that like I don't know how that sort of like what music was it? It's in Scream One. It's it's actually in all the screens, but it's like that whole like she's like a woman singing. It's like. It's like, it's like an orchestra. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that uh-huh. kind of, and it's like. I, I think the score and the um, composition also very much like Scream 4. It was very much, it was a lot more like Scream 4 than I thought of any of the other ones because yeah, Scream 4 yeah. was the most updated and you can tell the, the sort of natural transition and progression and his like body of work that I literally, once I figured it out, I couldn't on here the scream of it all it was so 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 scream and it was like everything and he has like a distinct sound that i think will just like he'll just carry with him because that's sort of like his vibe so i do think no matter what he kind of does as long as he sticks to horror films i don't think if he did like say if he did a comedy film he's not going to be putting a music that's like scream but i think as long as he stays in like the horror genre it's always going to have that scream vibe because yeah. of that sort of grungy nineties sound with the, it's just so right. And just it's so... very like orchestrated, very dramatic. And don't get me wrong. There are certain points where the music is so extra, but I feel like fear street is extra. So, uh, you know, for example, when like Dina is arguing with Sam and it, it cross cuts between sunny side and, um, Shitty vein. I didn't really uh I didn't really care for that. I didn't I really did not like that scene, but on top of it, the music's going like yeah up and up, and I was like, everyone, let's just take it down a couple of notches. I did find I found that like parallel was a bit sort of like GCSE drama of it all. You know, it was yeah, yeah. it's like on the on like definitely, yeah, a little tea on the nose. Yeah, it was a bit obvious and a bit but you know, I, I do think there's sort of like this whimsy with this with these this series, and because it's a book and it's very in the vein of you know goosebumps for adults, there is a whimsy, there is sort of like a weirdness, a spookiness yeah. where it is gonna you know 
teeter off from the slasher that we love and we know, and it is going to go down a road that maybe we don't particularly like. However, it does round off the whole film. So I do like the fact that this film isn't pigeonholing itself. It isn't one thing. It isn't like a cookie cutter of a slasher. And it's not yeah. trying to, I don't feel like it's trying to be a slasher film. I just think it happens to be one, you know? Absolutely. It's not sole purpose as to be a slasher. It, it, it amalgamates quite a few genres together, um, horror or outside of horror. And that's what I think I love the most um, about that is like, yes, sometimes I think it might get a bit bogged down with exposure, trying to let us know all about how there's witchcraft. And sometimes I'm like, la, 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 sh- stop tangling all your wires. Let's yeah. just get it straight and get it together. Because then when you do have scenes in the school, when not much really happens, but like all three colors come together. It's such a cool moment. It's so amazing that, sometimes I think it might bog itself down with really trying to shove that whole Sarah Fear thing. And I get that's the purpose, but I think sometimes the way it integrates on top of each other, I was a little confused. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, I was still sort of going, okay, what? You know, <laughs> I was still going, so hold on. She, they're trying to kill her because she's possessed by Sarah Fear, but it's Sarah Fear who's has risen the killer's but she's possessed by Sarah Fear. And I was like, so why is she killing herself? And I was like, oh, what's going yeah, it on? Does, it but... does get a little bit kind of complicated and a bit OTT. I will give Very it OTT. And you're a bit like, okay, you're going in a direction that's just a little bit of a stretch. Like, like come bring it back around. And I think it, does, it, it does bring it back around real quick. I think yeah. it does a good job of kind of like wandering off and going, we're going to go really weird I'm out there for a minute, but then we're gonna, you know, reel it on in. Yeah, because by the end, you know, I by the end I have it together. I've I've got what's going on, even if it yeah. does take me a while to get there. It is goosebumps on acid. It's like Stranger Things and Scream, shagged and had a baby. And it's got the girl from Stranger Things, and yeah, the, um, one. she's in the second one, so she's in 1978. Um, you know, it's very that. That's very the vibe we're getting. Very, very that. Um, and I'm here for it because, you know, would I much prefer probably now down to more of a slasher-esque sort of things? Yes, but we would not have the cookiness that it has, which makes it so enjoyable and so endearing. And I like the fact that it's like, it's kooky. It's like, yeah, it's beating to its own drum. It's not it's not playing by any of the rules, but it's also playing by all the rules at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But winking like, and a nudging, you know, we know this is cliche, but we're not so cliche. It's definitely like colouring outside the lines. Yeah, it know? doesn't even know how to colour inside the lines, baby. And you know what? I'm here for a bitch. Just doing that, you know, those, uh, you remember like back in the day, like when you had no money and you make those uh, potato like stamps? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make like a little like flour out of potato and you like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. And then That's we would just eat the potato after. I mean, you would because you're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're low on potatoes. Uh, Listen, that was some good eating, bitch. That was some good. <laughs> we went, we nearly went a whole episode without one food pun. No, actually, we have went without a food pun, but we just talked about food, so kind of broke the rules, but not really. 
I'm sure one will slip out now you've mentioned it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, please uh, give me your overall verdict. Yes, yes, baby. So as I said, it's just a vibrantly fun, entertaining, cookie, you know, goosebump scream extravaganza on acid. And I was here for it. And I'm here for the whole world that's building and the slasher, the characters, apart from Dana and Sam, everyone else is great. Yeah, they can go um, fuck yeah, themselves. Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. And I, you know, I, I just absolutely loved it. And I know I loved it because I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I am going to give Fear Street Part 1 a big solid Eight Axemans at a team. Yeah, baby. Hit it up, hit it up, hit it up. <laughs> put up, put up. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I could not agree more. I love this movie. It was such a good, a good concept. I'm so hurt, pissed, pressed. Any, anything you want to name that Kate got it, but I understood mm. it. Um, and I will carry that with me forever. You know, it's hanging heavy on my heart. But... <laughs> we got what we got and I loved it I loved the whole vibe I, I can't I can't gush about this film any more than I already have like you know there's just not enough words in the English language Agreed. to say how much I love this film and we're I'm good also, time girls yeah and I also given it a big fat 8 out of 10 axe wounds it was just Woo! we're good time gals and that is a good time movie and good time gals and good time movies coming together like a Power Ranger Mighty Morphin, Power Ranger. And I, I, you know, going, you know, I'll be watching the second one sometime this weekend. We'll, it'll be, by the time this episode's out, it'll be technically today. Yeah, you're watching it today. Yes. Correct. I just hope the second one, like, lives up to the first, which I feel like it will. But I also, then I feel like the third one maybe like, drop off. So my fear is, obviously, I will say nothing about the middle chapter, but my fear is that the last one not being sort of slasher orientated. I really don't, I'm really like, yes, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not, oh, I'm not bursting at the seams to watch it Mm because I just don't want it like most third chapters to end on sort of a fart and not really (laughs) a huge dynamic gust of wind, you know? but the what I can say for the middle chapter is just to anyone listening who has not watched it, expect a more darker movie than the first. Good. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. To be fair, when I watched the trailer, it looked like it was stepping up the brutality. It seemed like everyone that went to that camp is gonna get like sliced and diced. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, like no one lives. Literally. It's, it's literally. literally, it's very that. So while, and I think what I may be getting from it is that this trilogy might cover a lot of ground, a lot yeah. of different themes, a lot of moods, atmospheres, vibrances, all sort to just sort of tick every little box that you might have and tick them all. And I am here for it. And I cannot wait for you and the rest of all the boys and girls and everyone in between listening to watch it because, yeah, period. And that's all, period, David. <laughs> Mama don't play that. That. <laughs> um, well, while you guys are going and watching these films, 
please do go and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Spelling Guts Podcast. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Spelling Guts Pod. Uh, please go ahead and send us some disgusting uh, emails at Spelling Guts Podcast at Outlook.com. Sure is. And <laughs> you always look so surprised. Always. And yeah, please, you know, like, subscribe, give us a rating because it all helps. It really does. Even if you just wrote like, yay. Yeah. Hey, gay. <laughs> boo. Yeah. Hi, boo. gay. <laughs> yeah. So we can say, boo us. Boo you. <laughs> hi, gay. Hi, hi, gay. Just anything of the sort. Just tell us, let us know how you felt about Fear Street. Hit us up, comment under our Instagram post. Get talking to us because we love speaking to everyone because y'all are cute, sexy, gorgeous. And so are we. That's right. And on that note, um, deuces. Deuces.